Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to Hunt for Red's October podcast, episode 46, the Brooks Kishnick edition. I'm your host, Coop. Tonight we have some people here to talk some Reds baseball and some other topics for you. Uh, first off, we've got obscure former Reds, Ken. Ken, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good, guys. Hey, uh, welcome to the weekend. It's Thursday. I guess you have tomorrow uh, off. On Fridays. Well, aren't you fucking special? Uh, we also have Ryan. Ryan, how you doing tonight? Fellas, I'm doing great. Uh, it's another lovely day in Nashville, and I didn't leave my house. Beautiful. Branch. We got Branch on. How you doing tonight? Doing really good. Um, I've got to watch one and three quarter awesome innings of uh, or games of uh, of World Series baseball. It got a little crazy when Suzuki just went all like, "Well, fuck all y'all" last night. And uh, so, really, I'm doing good. Uh, if, if you ain't liking the World Series right now, then you're not a baseball fan. You know, this Great. is true. We also have Burmy on. Burmy, how you doing tonight? Hey Ryan, get a fucking job. <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing great, Coop. Thanks for asking. Um, you're just wrapping up the Blue Jackets game here, and uh, I want to give a shout out to Ram. Add on, Ram. Shout out to Ram. So we got a lot of topics tonight. So why don't we just jump right in? First, I want to talk about this Astros douche. So we'll give a little background here. So the Houston Astros. They beat the Yankees before getting to the World Series. Robert Azuna was pitched in the game. He he pitched, kind of gave up the lead, and then Chapman came in and blew the game to Altuve. Roberto Azuna, of course, had been suspended last year for 75 games when he was with the Blue Jays for domestic violence. Not a good situation. Astros traded for him anyway. So... I'll just leave my personal thoughts on that out because I'm not a fan. But anyway, so they were in the clubhouse after the game, and this assistant GM named Brandon Taubman starts yelling, thank God we got Asuna. I'm so fucking glad we got Asuna. Which, in a vacuum, doesn't sound like a big deal. But then you have to remember who he was yelling it at. He was yelling at three female reporters, one of whom, from, from Sports Illustrated, has written extensively about domestic violence. So, tone deaf upon tone deaf. Then, the Astros released a statement basically calling her a liar, which, no, that was horrible. Then they released two more statements, where this assistant GM and then the owner apologized with their non-apologies, which made it even worse. And then today, this is Thursday, they fired the guy and did the My Bad press release. So we're on our third press release. And then it got a little bit better tonight when there was a press conference with the GM where a reporter asked, well, are you going to call this 
are you going to apologize to this Sports Illustrated reporter? And he said, he's been busy and hasn't had the time. The fucking reporter was in the press conference sitting 10 feet from him. So, a lot to unpack there. What the fucking fuck? I, I naively so tried to give the benefit of the, of the doubt to everybody. My thought was he was just excited. Um, maybe he had advocated for a sign for signing Asuna, and he won over the room. And Asuna had pitched well. No, Asuna had not had not pitched well. No, he was legit. Was literally in the in the grill of, of the reporter and taunting her. So no, I mean, there's no there's no excuse for this guy. There's no. There's no justifying it. Uh, but to this guy, um, Brandon Taubman, you're an assistant GM. Um, you probably have aspirations to someday be a major league GM and be that guy making the personnel decisions. You have to understand the room. You have to know your ass from a hole in the ground. You have to be able to navigate a room. And if somebody asks you um, – you have to be politically correct about it. You have to be able to navigate those questions. But he's even stupider that he goes that he goes running into the room and starts yelling it. So, yeah, for the Astros to save face, you probably have to be fired. I feel bad that he tarnished his career over 30 seconds of being stupid. But you need some EQ. You need some emotional intelligence. Right. Well, I don't feel bad that he ruined his career because he's doing that – you know, in that situation, then the guy's just a fucking asshole. If you want to be a fucking asshole, there's consequences to it. Um, quite honestly, this guy, he deserved to be fired. Um, he's he's a giant asshole and a fucking idiot for, number one, thinking of doing it to begin with. And number two, why would you celebrate a man who was suspended for domestic violence in that way? Just doesn't make any sense. Second, you know, secondly, the thing tonight with her being at the press conference and no one having the presence of mind to tell the GM, hey, she's right there. So if you if you're asked about it, you can apologize to her. I mean, they they've just completely bungled this. Um, one other thing, you know, John Boy, shout out to John Boy. Uh, on his podcast, had said uh, a few days ago that he could see the Astros becoming the villain. And this was before any of this came out. He said it, they could come out and be the villain, which it was crazy at the time because everybody l- had loved the Astros and the team and what they're about. And by God, if he wasn't right, that within the few days, everyone hates the Astros now. So good job, guys. You made this bad. You can lay in it. Well, and here's the thing, shout out to Polly. Back to what Ken was saying about feeling bad for the guy. If he had come out right away and had a sincere apology saying, you know, I've I've really messed up all you know, the right things, then I might have I might have felt bad for him. But that statement that he put out say basically sorry you're offended, but I'm a good father. What? No. It's every asshole that fucking does this shit puts that out as a father of two daughters as a husband to a woman right like shut the fuck up dude you're an asshole get the fuck out of here that's that's what i'm saying if he i don't understand if it it is getting back to not being able to read the 
uh, is not being able to read the temperature of the room. Right. Not being able. If you're not mature enough to navigate and know the political ad, uh, ramifications of what you're saying, you're not going. You're not mature enough to to head a franchise. Yeah. Branch, <laughs> jump in here. All right. All right. The dude can suck it. He was acting like a fucking eighth grader. Everybody knows it. Um, the Astros actually let people go that disagreed with signing or trading for Asuna. Uh, then the fact that they lied about it and tried to throw a, a reporter under the bus at SI. I mean, it's like, okay, let's see. Who's in the worst situation here? The reporter? Well, actually, the worst person in the situation here is whoever heads up the PR department of the Astros. Because they're fucked. They have nothing. Um, then they didn't apologize, which was, oh, my God, just suck it up. Admit to it. That's you said, Coop. Have a sincere apology. And uh, then, there were, then they kind of went with, well, nothing is really real until we say it's real because we're the Astros. The whole thing is just like, oh, my gosh, how can a team that's going into the World Series let this happen? I mean, it's it's like, can is there a PR for dummies book that you can buy on Amazon? Because they need it. They need it yeah. bad. They fuck this so bad. PR disaster. So how, can a team, how can a team so smart be so fucking dumb? Well, because Luno is a robot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because he is. I mean. He, it, he it, didn't they also get in trouble for spying on the Cardinals as well? No, they didn't get in trouble no, for spying on the, the Cardinals. He's a robot, but he was stupid enough to not change his passports. And the Cardinals used okay. that to act yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what. Yeah, it was yeah, the other way around. Okay. Gotcha. Burmy. He's gotcha. so smart, but he didn't change his passwords and usernames. And 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 some Cardinals employees do that, and the Cardinals still were able to hack their scouting system. Okay, that's. I thought it was the other way around. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Burmy, jump in. I just got to laugh at it because I'm not an Astros fan. <laughs> the assistant GM's an idiot. As Ken has alluded to and as everybody else has alluded to, he couldn't read a room. Now, I will say this. They fired people that got mad that they signed Osuna. It's okay to be mad about that. It's okay to oppose it. But at the end of the day, all these franchises care about in any sport is winning. That's the only thing that fucking matters. So they will do anything to win. And Osuna is a good relief pitcher. So they don't feel bad about going out and getting him because he's good. And all they care about is winning because winning is what brings dollars. So we can all you know, think he's a piece of shit, which he is, mm-hmm. and we can all oppose it. But at the end of the day, the only fucking thing that matters is winning. And all they care about is trying to win another World Series. How sweet would it be if a franchise just said no, no, what you they just won't. said? They, they won't because the I'm backlash out. would be insane. I so I mean, how bad would the backlash really be if you're just saying, stop, hey, hey, hey. As I'm the only person here that actually works in public relations, has ever worked in public, public relations. The best thing you could do here is the next day you tell that guy that he goes out and goes, what I said in the moment was stupid. And then the whole thing blows over. They yeah. fucked this up so bad it hurts. It hurts me. It hurts me to read it. And I'm like, who in the fuck is approving this? I'm, I'm 27 years old. I'm sure the person in charge of PR there is minimum 50 years old, and I could tell them how fucking bad this was. That's it, it's that simple. Yeah, they it was pretty bad. Royally fucked this up. They ro- they royally fucked this whole thing up. At least they made amends by firing the guy for being a chode. So they did the right thing at the end of the day because the guy's an idiot. But also at the end of the day, we we can all get mad. That, 
we can all get mad that guys like Osuna and, you know, the other myriad of athletes in other sports have jobs after being, you know, suspended for domestic violence. But all anybody really cares about is money and winning. So, you know, stay mad if you want to, but it, nothing's ever going to change that. And it, there's a sad. laundry list of people. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. So that's I, my I take. totally agree. Hell, I think we might need to get that dude from the Phillies that got in on domestic DV charges this year, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> because he's cheap. Because he's cheap he's to cheap. acquire. I, I totally agree. I mean, I have been I'm talking about this for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I have been talking about this for weeks. So okay, so, hold on. Go ahead, Jay. There's a laundry list of people like Osuna, like Chapman. The Reds dumped Chapman because Bob Castellini didn't want a domestic abuser on his team. That's why they traded him for, um, for Rookie nothing. Davis and Caleb Cotham. And, yeah, nothing. Um, so well, their assistant pitching coach and a bunch of scrubs. Yeah. Um, so he, Bob Castellini did what he thought was right in – a jettisoning a domestic abuser. Um, now there's a, another conversation for another time about what they got for him, but he, um, Chapman forced his hand anyway. That um, the Yankees wanted him, or the Cubs wanted him, the Yankees wanted him. How many domestic abusers have the Bengals had, or football teams had, or baseball teams had? Burmy's right that that in three years, no one's going to remember. Brandon Taubman or Robert Asuna, what they're going to remember is a world championship or a world series appearance. Well, you are not wrong. Well, at all. Here's, here's my opinion on that is I loathe people who commit domestic violence. Loathe. Of course. I gave up being a Bengals fan when they drafted Joe Mixon. I mean, it wasn't the sure only reason. Ev- I sure hope everybody hates domestic violence. Yeah, nobody nobody supports that. Either. God, no, fuck you. No, no, be the big, biggest asshole on earth. And I'm not saying any of you all, no. That. I didn't want. I didn't mean oh, it to yeah. come I'm across sure like that. I'm sure there's a pro Facebook group for it. I mean, yeah, there's probably. I mean, there's oh, got to be a pro pro I'm, domestic violence Facebook book group out there but, somewhere, right? Oh, Jesus Christ, I hope not. <laughs> there has to be. <laughs> because yeah, oh. no, I'm sure. I'm sure it's there. Give me a couple weeks. I'll find it. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just one of those people that I just cannot look past it. I was glad when Chapman was traded, even though they traded him for pennies on the dollar. The, what I was mad about is they didn't trade him when they should have. But, Amen. Yay. Know, yeah. I, I just cannot cheer for him. And I know that I've probably cheered for domestic abusers in the past and just haven't known about it. The difference is when I know about it, I can do something about it. And that's I just choose not to engage with them. So we'll just leave it at that and we'll move on to the next topic. So the Reds hired a new hitting coach today, today being Thursday, Alan Zinter. I'd never heard of him either, <laughs> but uh, he's your new hitting coach. And then Donnie Ecker is going to be the new uh, assistant hitting coach, which I was really excited about because he's the one who's been credited with uh, turning around Arist- Aristides Aquino's career. But there was a little tidbit that C. Trent Rosencrantz from the uh, Athletic uh, wrote about today with Zenter in his interview. What uh, what the Reds did is they told him to be prepared to give a hitting lesson in the interview. So they took a, I don't know if it was a coach or just somebody in the front office or something, 
put him in a batting. Julio Maria, it was a translator. The translator, yeah. Yeah, so, translator, yeah. He was so, a catcher. He was a catcher, catcher before right. the minor leagues for a while. Yeah. So they put him with that the translator in the batting cages at GABP and said, all right, it's game day. You're preparing to play the Cardinals. Go through what you would do on a game day and help change his swing, which it's a lot better than the rah-rah speech that the Cubs made David Ross give in his interview. So it's it's the mock debate club. Yeah, it's I mean, it's creative. It's looking at how he would teach somebody hands on. So and apparently he did very well because he was hired. So I want to start with you, Ryan. What do you think of this this new guy? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, I honestly, I, I don't know much about him, but uh, I do know that he uh, he has worked with David Bell in the past. So there's some familiarity there. I think what I think that he was hired for is more of the day-to-day preparation of the major league hitters. And I think Donnie Ecker is going to be more of the instructional hitting side of it. You, you know, like it's almost like they're going to take the hitting coach job and they're going to split it in two. And Donnie Ecker is going to do more of the instructional and Alan Zinter is going to be more of the day-to-day doing the scouting reports, getting the guys prepared to go in, into the end of the game and have a plan for how to attack the opposing pitcher. That's what it seems like it's for me also in, um, and Doug Gray, shout out to Doug Gray, the Reds minor league. Um, make sure you link to him. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he put out something afterwards as well. And he thought that the fact that, Donnie Ecker was involved in the hiring process of the hitting coach meant quite a bit. I think, I think they're grooming Donnie to be the eventual hitting coach. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't really know much. I don't know much about what makes a good hitting coach. Um, I can't, and I don't know much about this guy, but I'm interested to see how this all works out. Burmy, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like the, uh, the nice juxtaposition of having, you know, two guys that can handle different parts of, you know, hitting in general. I think one thing that's interesting when I was looking into, you know, the new hitting coach today that I thought was interesting was he got, he was the first round pick in 1989. He made his major league debut in 2002. He was 34 years old when he made his major league debut. So to me, that speaks on his work ethic and whatever he approaches because he didn't give up on his dream after 13 years in the minors, 14 years in the minors. And Shout then out to Pete Rose. Back, oh, God. And then he went back down <laughs> down to AAA the year after and then got one more call up in 2004. I mean, his numbers are terrible. I mean, he was a god-awful major leaguer. He just wasn't built for it, and that's fine. But – I think it says a lot about his character and him as a person. And I'm excited to see what he brings, you know, to the Reds, you know, from that aspect, because clearly the guy, you know, cares about, you know, whatever he's doing is his profession. And I'm interested to see how that translates on on the field success for the Reds. Real quick. His son is also in a a community, at community college playing ball right now. So don't be surprised if the Reds take a look at him over the next couple of years. Can jump in. Um, I've got my water buckets out. Um, as I um, to build on what I said last week, 
Uh, I like the fact that David Bell is aligned with with their general management and with the hiring or with the promotion of Donnie Ecker, with what Donnie Ecker did for Aquino and Grady and Van Meter, um, their ascent from literally being waived and cut to being productive major leaguers um, has been great. If, if Ecker can do that, and I believe in the alignment of the, of the organization now between Bell and Crawl and Ecker, I, they're not going to hire Zinter, who doesn't fit into that. So I, I'm going to trust what they. I'm going to trust Zinter. I don't. If he were, if he were to knock on my door and sell me something, I wouldn't know who he was. So I can't comment on, on any of that. But I'll trust the alignment of the organization and that he can do good things for the Reds. Branch, your thoughts on the Zinter? Oh yeah, a lot of what Ryan said. And I agree with, um, I think that he's going to be doing a lot of scouting on starting pitchers and relief pitchers and working with the, the hitters in that way. Um, you know, I trolled him on, or didn't troll him, but stalked him on, on Twitter today. And uh, I try to follow, you know, hitter Twitter, which is a lot harder to follow and a lot smaller group than pitching Twitter is. And he follows a lot of the same accounts I do trying to follow that. But I've never heard of him. But one of the things, one of the guys that's one of the bigger hitter Twitter guys, uh, you know, one of his things was do damage and get on base, meaning OPS. And it's something that he liked and kind of retweeted a time or so, and it keeps on coming up. So I like that idea of him, you know, of, of having high OPS. You know, don't worry about an average, but get on base and do damage when you do. Um, you know, and, and hitter Twitter is tough because I mean, even Rod Rob Freeman, the hit, the pitching ninja, has we did a great job with flat ground at, but on the hitting side, it's not went the same way, you know. And I love what the Reds are doing with Donnie Ecker and Caleb Cotham. And I don't know if it's grooming or building a base around those guys to to run everything through the organization the same way. Whereas, like in C. Trance article said, everybody hears a different thing, you know, from from level to level, and that can be confusing, especially for a young kid. Imagine you don't speak English. Imagine this is a new country, and you're kind of living out of a suitcase. You know, things are weird, and and I like how they're trying to to build to build some consistency from level to level throughout the organization. And I, I honestly, it's, it's, it's refreshing. You know, I, I, I like this hire because nobody can say that coach that, that Zinter was dating Walt Jockety's daughter three months ago or something, you know, <laughs> which is kind of what we're used to. I'm, you know, I give the, the Reds the benefit of the doubt here. Hope, especially with Donnie Ecker going to be on the major league staff. I was really excited about that as well. I, I mean, you're always going to have the people who, I've never heard of this guy, so that he must suck kind of, you know, like Red's Facebook. There was a whole thing when they announced this hire. So you can go check the account. Uh, we won't have time to go through those tonight. But anyway, let's move on to our next topic. The Reds have decided to get into the meat-peeping business. And by that, I mean there's going to be a new security system at Great American Ballpark. So instead of walking through metal detectors and having the person with the wand get a little too close to your bits... 
they are going to have what's called PET scan technology. And what it's going to be somewhat similar to like some of the x-ray things they have in the airports where it's going to look for basically weapons, metal, things that aren't going to be like your keys, your wallet, that kind of thing on your person. So it's going to like scan everybody at certain points around the ballpark. Uh, now, the reason I call it the meat peeper is that uh, when those first similar things first went to airports, I mean, the people, you, there was nothing left to the imagination. I'll just say that. So I don't know if this is going to be exactly like that, but we're just going to assume so. So I wanted to start with uh, you, Burmy. Are you okay with someone at Great American Ballpark just taking a look at the goods as you walk around the ballpark? The fucking Reds are pecker peeping, man. They're fucking pecker peeping. Uh, but yeah, no, no, it's fucking weird. And I think in protest, we should start a Facebook group where we get every man on opening day to wear a cup to the ballpark just for the hell of it. Well, like you're not going to look, you're not going to look at my junk and we all wear a cup or we just like wrap socks around our cocks. I mean, like, it, it just looks like everybody's hung like a fucking moose. I mean, me personally, somebody wants to take a look at the goods. I mean, I've got, I'm not ashamed. You know, it, oh, yeah, admire mean, it. Ad, admire yeah, it. Can whatever. they even see it for you, Coop? On, on there? Like, how close, close do they have to zoom in? Listen here, motherfucker. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a little weird that, that, that it, can, uh, it, it can detect uh, detect the goods. But, you know, I mean, if they think it keeps people safe, I mean, I don't really. I mean, they, have, they've, they vet you at the door, so I don't really know why they need more security. They must just hate. They hate America. The Reds hate America. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about the meat peeping Reds? I mean, if they want to see my dick, I'll gladly send it to them. Okay, Branch. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, you pervert. <laughs> what other parts right. of Red Twitter have you sent your dick to, Ryan? I could give a shit less about them seeing my junk. It's not impressive. They won't be impressed. <laughs> Whatever. But my big thing, my big thing on this <laughs> is I don't think it has anything to do with junk. I think it comes down to money. And if this technology can see the rum runners that all our friends smuggle in. Oh, you think they're going to look for the hidden alcohol. Token, the ballpark turn into a, what would be a $17 drink <laughs> at any place in there. Branch, how Ooh. dare you accuse now if they're catching my wife's rum runners i have a serious problem with it because a double rum and coke at the ballpark is 17 goddamn dollars and a coke is like six or seven i mean that's interesting one rum runner and you've saved like your parking space value you know (laughs) just saying it's an interesting thought that maybe there it's a there's Two reasons, so, not just security, but also looking for the alcohol. So, so Ken, uh, go ahead. Part of, what I, part of what I do for a living to pull back the curtain is change management. Um, and one of the things in change management is why. Why is this important to you? Why are you making this change? Why are you willing to spend millions of dollars to do this? Um, clearly, we're all joking. It's not about junk. No one cares about that. But I'm not convinced that there's a big safety concern at Great American Ballpark. So, when they say they can detect a weapon from hundreds of feet away and it feels like a fortress. I don't buy that either. 
I don't think any people are so used to metal detectors now, especially at, at airports, in schools, in ballparks. No one's worried about metal detectors anymore. So two things that come to mind are one branch is right is are they detecting are they detecting um, plastic or rubber boda bags that are filled with alcohol? Um, and the other is, is speed entry. So to give again to be naively give the Reds benefit of the doubt is speed entry. Are the lines for the longer games like opening day and those Friday games with great weather, are those lines too long? Are people annoyed that it, it takes too long to get into the ballpark? If this can get people into the ballpark faster, closer to the older way of doing things where you walk in and you don't notice you're being scanned, there is some value there. So um, there's probably, um, for the business case, yeah, there, there are three things they're going to cite. One, weapons but that's not really a thing. Two, it gets people in faster. And three, yeah, there are fewer rum runners scamming in boda bags full of alcohol. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with Branch that uh, they've got an ulterior motive here with trying to catch the people sneaking in alcohol. And far be it from any of us to subscribe to any kind of conspiracy theory. But uh, I do think the what Ken was saying that I, I mean, I've, I've stood in lines at security waiting to go through the metal detectors to try to get into the stadium, and I'm sure there are people that have complained about it. So, I don't know. We'll see. If uh, <laughs> if people start getting caught with alcohol, you know, on Crosley Terrace, then we'll be like, all right, now we know why you did this. Why don't we move on to some listener questions? So... Earlier this week, I submitted or I had asked people to submit questions using the hashtag DisastrosPR because it was disastrous what happened to them this week. So, so Joshua Rutherford at Joshua R9476, shout out to jo- Joshua. He asked hashtag DisastrosPR, Ross over Girardi and Madden, what the fuck are the LOL Cubs doing? Branch. Yeah, that's easy. The front office wanted a puppet, and they got one in Ross. Um, that's exactly what the, my dog is talking to me. They 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 uh, they got exactly what they wanted. They didn't want anybody to push back like Madden would. Um, I've read David Ross's book, Teammate. This is a good thing for every other opposing team in the NL Central. Um, the dude is not brilliant. He's a nice guy. He's a good guy. He'll do what he's told to do. And the front office and the Cubs organization is going to be calling the shots. You know, but but he's not. Yeah, it's it's sad. Uh, he's not going to be the manager. The man, management's coming from up top. Burm. That's just the way that is. And that's what they wanted. Burmy. People forget that David Ross has a higher career OPS than Yadier Molina. Boom. Shut up. Shout out to uh, at Best Fans of Baseball. What an amazing account. Follow it if you don't. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, uh, he, he unleashed that beautiful statistic. So I guess by that logic, David Ross is a Hall of Famer. So that's pretty neat. That's so, true. Uh, yeah. Speaking of obscure former Reds, Ken, your thoughts? Maybe this is the, the Cubs version of alignment that talked about. Um, I would hope that that the manager has a more active form of alignment in the Reds organization. If David Ross is just there to be a figurehead and fill out a lineup card for whatever 
um, management says, then I'm not sure what kind of value he's adding other than the guy who gets thrown out because he's pissed that a strike was called. Um, if it means the Reds win more ga- more games over the Cubs, then sweet. Uh, I think Joe Batten's a good manager and, and is going to get a good job. He already um, got a good job. Oh, okay. Then the Angels. Joe Yeah. Who's the Angels? Yeah, he got, and then Joe Girardi got the uh, Phillies job today. I did see Girardi got the Phillies job. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> your thoughts on David Ross? Well, I think he got hired to do exactly how he got the job, and that is to give wonderful speeches before spring training games. Yeah. Um, what, what I ain't got much to say about David Ross. It's whatever. Uh-huh. I said, what a terrible interview idea. A fake Rob Ross. Just speech. awful. It's just awful. Um, you know, I will I will give the some I will give the Cubs some credit for moving on from Madden. Madden, as he's gotten older, um, has kind of gone into old man baseball, where you know he's he's not as progressive as a manager. So I can understand why they moved on from him. But Branch is right. It's Ross was basically here just to do whatever whatever management wanted him to do. Um, so there's that. All right. So our next question comes from Fire Eddie Grand at Minardi Ceiling. Uh, two things here first. Uh, well, three things. He didn't use the hashtag. God damn it. If you understand what the Minardi Ceiling is referencing, then you know what we're talking about. And then the third fast fact here about Minardi Ceiling is that he designed the logo for this podcast. So shout out to him. But anyway, he had a question. All of the corn hog of the week winners are in a Thunderdome fight. Only one walks out. Who you got? Man. I'm going to say Clint Hurdle because he'll fight dirty. Who? Uh, I'm going to say the Cardinals. Yeah, in baseball. Oh, oh, yeah, the Cardinals. Yeah, because there's 25 of them. That's true. Tom Brenneman. He's he's going to wind a daddy and daddy will hire a hit squad. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, shout out to Craig. Shout out to I'm Craig. taking notes as we go so I don't lose my track. You know, my but, train of thought. But and the fact that I just wrote Cornhog Thunderdome on my <laughs> notepad just makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Thunderdome, bitch. <laughs> Welcome to the Cornhog Dome. All right, let's move on to the next one. That makes me. <laughs> yes, please. So Mike at uh, at Reds Nerd, he asked hashtag disastrous PR. Was the moon landing real? Yes, it was. Aliens aren't real. Ghosts aren't real. But the moon landing was real. Star Wars isn't real. You are wrong. You you all are all wrong. There are ghosts are real. Aliens are real. The moon landing was real. Thanks. <laughs> Get a job, Ryan. Luke. <laughs> Luke was right, except for Jesus. Jesus was real. Well, I didn't. I didn't. Oh. And if you don't believe the moon landing was real, Buzz Aldrin would like to see you face to face. Oh my God! Buzz Aldrin will we'll meet the pavement. Yeah, but I old man Buzz is gonna whip that ass. You will catch those hands. Yes. Things are gonna happen. I hit you. You hit the pavement. I fuck your mom again. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> Shout out Lester Kenny. Oh my god. Here, here's the thing. Shout out to Polly. Last night your mom ugly cried because he forgot to take the lens cap off the camera when we were having at it. 
<laughs> All right. I, w- I want to shake Buzz Aldrin's hand, not because he stepped on the moon, but because he decked the guy who said he didn't step on the moon. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. So good. Buzz don't play no shit. So Bill at OBC2, he used the hashtag Coop Poop for some reason. He asked about 1,500. <laughs> <laughs> he asked about 1,500 questions, but I'll only, I'll only go with a couple here. How fast could you throw one pitch right now if your life depended on it? Oh, man. I have no idea. 69 miles an hour. Boom. That's the best answer. We'll just go with that for everybody. Um, and then what's the most obscure Reds jersey that you own? I own zero Reds jerseys. I think this is a good question for Ken. Um, I own Dilson Herrera, Tim Melville, John Reedling, um, just to start. So take your pick on, on them. Anybody else have an obscure red jersey? I own one from when Jeremy worked for him. That doesn't have his name on the back, but they gave it to him. <laughs> Actually, right. I don't know. That's how that is. You have, you have Jared doesn't? I have a Jeremy jersey. Yes, it does not. It's <laughs> very obscure. Yes. So our next question comes from Jonathan Webster at jwebster10. Shout out to Jonathan. He asked, uh, hashtag disastros PR, which current red would be the best starter for the Bengals? Hmm. I'm going to say Amir Garrett. Ooh. Because I would I would put Amir uh, Garrett at wide receiver, and he's tall. He'd get on those jump yeah. balls in the end zone. Yeah. You're not. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You're right there. Good gosh. I, I mean, I, I mean, Amir. Amir's an athlete. I mean, the dude is an athlete. Yeah, I could see Salamano being a good like run stunning linebacker. I mean, I think he'd be too big. big. I, I don't think he goes side to side that well, dude. I think Amir yeah, would probably, probably the best thing there. That's what I'm saying. Run stopping. Five you know? two seventy. Yeah. What can Michael Lorenzen do? I mean, he's a stud. What, yeah, tight end. Fullback. Tight end. Yeah. Well. Yeah, he'd be a tight end. How, how, how much does he weigh? I don't know. I've never asked him. I think he's like six. six I think he's six five, like two ten, because he's so stinking cut. That's what I'm saying. Maybe tight end. Or be a safety. Or safety. I would say Nick Senzel yeah. would be a safety. Oh, I was kind of. Yeah, I could see Senzel running. You know, Senzel's from the fucking Senzel's South. Quick. You know, you know, he played football his whole right. life. Yeah, yeah. Senzel would be a running back. Would be CMC. Mm. What? No, this is this is a good question. Hey, that uh, that Joel Kunal guy. He'll be the dad. He'll... <laughs> Be a coach. He's guts hanging over his belt, yelling at you with a salami in his mouth. <laughs> Tucker, that fucking guy. They brought him up. I'm like, what is this guy? 39? No, he's 24. What? That Tuck- guy's 24. Tucker Barnhart would be the long <laughs> snapper. Tucker Barnhart would be the long snapper. Like a fullback long snapper. No, he's the long snapper. Uh, let's see, Joey Votto. Hmm. Quarterback. Quarterback. Obviously. Well, Joey Votto. Start- see, I could see Disco and jo- and, and Votto being a good. Votto started his Both career times. as a tight end, but he's going to leave it as a wide receiver. Yeah. You know. Yo. Oh, no, Votto's so uh, mental, though, man. The quarterback thing could work for him. Yeah, he's very he is very cerebral. I mean, that is true. Votto yeah. really throw the ball to second base. I would have Jose Peraza would just return punts. He'd return and fumble. Punts to get his yeah. ass kicked. Yeah, yeah, he would. He would muff punts. Yeah, he would fumble. 
He was carried into the one and fumble on a trip. I I can see and Eugenio Suarez would be a running back, I think. Yeah. Puig's not on the team anymore. I can see. Uh, oh well, hell! If Queen's on the team, then hell, he's he's a damn running back. Good job. I could see Aquino being like one of those tall ass corners, like uh, what was his name Browner for the Seahawks. He was like six four. Yeah. I could, yeah. See, I could see Aquino out there like one on one with Amir Garrett, like in practice going at it. That'd be pretty sick to watch. I could but see. If, if we're going with anybody though, honestly, seeing seeing Billy at wide receiver would be kind of freaking badass. Josh Josh Van. Well, Billy Hamilton's probably the most realistic because he could probably go return punts. He, he really could, yeah. yeah. I could see Josh Van Meter as like I, a corner. Van Meter in the in the slot, in the slot, man, whether yeah. it's offense yeah. or defense. Van Meter, yeah. Van Meter. Yeah. 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 Jesse Winker can carry Gatorade bottles like a motherfucker. Guys, we all fucked up. It'd be Jumbo <laughs> Diaz, and he'd play next to Geno Atkins. And he would just he would just eat he would just eat three offensive linemen at one time. Fuck, that is brilliant. Ah, oh, fuck. Sal Romano would be a defensive end. Yeah, Romano on the other side of him. Oh my god, put forty pounds on Aquino, and there you go. So there's your defensive line right there. Aquino could be your stand up linebacker. Yeah, stand up like, rushbacker. Like, yeah, that'd be, oh yeah. fuck the Von the Von Miller. Yeah, if I make a Jesse Winker and Merton Hanks reference, will anyone get that long neck? Who? Merton Hanks, yes. the long neck. Let's move on. So, Burmy actually asked the next question. Hashtag Disastro's PR. Do you think Phil's wife is with the mailman right now? No, See? I I think he's with the cable Blake. man. She's with the cable man because he's laying cable. Get it? <laughs> no, she's with the plumber because you know he's he's fixing plumbing. the pipes. <laughs> Shout out to Phil. This is what you get do for not being on. Where, as remote as Phil is, do they even get mail as far as he is out there? It comes from carrying his wife gets M A L E. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> she gets the right. She gets the other kind of mail. Shout out to Phil's <laughs> wife. Uh, so, the special <laughs> delivery. <laughs> so Mac at Casual Sex. Shit, oh, God. <laughs> sex. <laughs> S E C T S six. Uh Mac like Mac asks sex, sex, sex. Hashtag That's <laughs> yes. a great that's a great ad. But he asks I'm saying he because I, I just assume. Ask at or hashtag disastrous PR. How has the Star Wars franchise survived this long considering they only made two good slash decent movies? A new hope and empire. I don't fucking know. They all suck. You're asking the wrong podcast about Star Wars. That is not true. And also, the question is not correct. Brian, stop. Brian, stop. Brian, right. No. No, stop. Stop. No. 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 Star Wars is dumb. Love you, brother, but just stop. Dumb. Let's move on. I've got to take. Go ahead, Ken. Once I got rid of Hermione and Data, I was out on Star Wars. So, Bill has some more questions. Hashtag poop. Have you ever pooped at GABP? I have not. Has anybody else pooped at GABP? Yes, I have, and I smoked a cigarette in there, too. No comment. <laughs> yep. I think in the family bathroom. Dude, the helmet full of jalapeno nachos, and you didn't have to go? I mean, seriously? The stuff's going to flow after that, you know? Just saying. He also... There's a more legitimate question that he asked 
What's your most unusual red souvenir? I don't know if I really have anything unusual. I have the Miracle Grow Garden, like Travelocity gnome. That was a oh my out. god! I, I have the same one, and I was going to say the you, same thing. I, that is it. Yes, and I love I, it. Uh, a friend. A friend of mine got it. I didn't even go to the game. A friend of mine got it. And uh, shout out to Kelly Smith. And she brought it home, and she was like, uh, "I don't want this," and gave it to me. Dude, I, I agree with you. I have the same one, and if you look at some of my barbecuing stuff, that's my barbecue gnome. That, looks over my food as I'm cooking it to make sure I don't burn it or fuck it up. <laughs> it's in some of the damn pictures. I'm not even shitting. I've had my um, wife repaint that fucking thing. I love it so much. Now, the <laughs> best sitting on my desk. The best person to answer this would have been Callie from the Cincy Sports Gallery. Shout out to the sponsor. Because I'm sure they've got some weird stuff in there. So go to the Cincy Sports Gallery for all your unusual red souvenir needs. Crazy, you don't have to pay sales tax there. That's what I heard. <laughs> Just call Callie, she'll let you know. Ken, what do you got in terms of... Uh, I have one. I, I have a William O'Pena bobblehead. I mean, so that's, that's, not that, awesome. that's not that unusual, no, I don't think. That's fucking sexy right and there. I showed, I showed Branch my most unusual red souvenir last weekend, actually. It was and, awesome. And what is it? It's a, I got a baseball at the first game I ever went to. Um, we were sitting in the upper part, like the... Remember the middle deck at, I guess it was Synergy, but Riverfront or whatever you want to call it? Mm -hmm. Synergy, I went. And they were playing the Padres. It was 2000, and I was drinking a massive Mountain Dew, and a line drive hit by Al Martin of the Padres hit me in the shoulder, and it rolled over to the guys next to us, and they wouldn't give the ball back, even though everybody's like chanting, give it to the kid. So when I was down getting examined by the medical staff, there may or may not have been beers purchased for these people next to us to give me the ball back. And then after the game, I was with my mom, my aunt, and my sister. After the game, we got to go underneath the stadium to the players' parking lot, and Eddie Tobitzi signed the ball. And he, like, picked me up and put me on his shoulders and talked to my mom and my aunt for a while, and he was super nice about it. So I actually still have that baseball uh, to this day. It's in a little frame here in my apartment, and it just has Eddie's signature on it. And I tweeted at him a couple of years ago a picture of it. I said, you signed this for me in 2000 when you were with the Reds. What do you think it's worth? Joking. And he goes, probably a free coffee at Starbucks, but I'm glad I took the time to do it for you. So, That's stand nice. up guy that Eddie Tobinsy. Uh, you know, they should <laughs> extend the nets. Poor child got hit in the shoulder. I was so high up. There was, I mean, that was such an unusual foul ball. Yeah. Yeah, we, 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 were, not, we were not down the line or anything. All right. Our last question comes from Wu. Who is not on tonight? He oh, has great. Here we go. disastrous PR. How many years until Coach Cal has to vacate his lone national title? Uh, it's going to be infinity because it's not going to happen, Woo. Sandy Bell forever. Go fuck you. Hey, hey Woo. Woo. Hold on, a hold on, hold on, hold on. Woo. Sandy Bell forever. Go fuck yourself forever. What was that? San Sandy Bell is the uh, compliance officer at Kentucky. The reason everybody knows her is because she does her fucking job. What's our next topic is the Tom Brennan Memorial Cornhog of the Week. So we'll go around and everybody will nominate their biggest dick of the week. And we're going to start with Branch. Branch, give us your nominee for the Tom Brennan Memorial Cornhog of the Week. Um, shit. There's a there's a really obvious answer here, Branch. It's well, a very obvious answer. I, I think we're all thinking the same person. 
I don't want to do the yeah. douchebag from Astro. There's only two answers. Tom bomb or whatever, you know, I guess. Uh, but I know that's obvious. And I'm trying to think of some another dude that was a fucking idiot this week. And I don't know. That, that fucking umpire, I'm going to bring him up. God Fuck. damn it, that was going to be mine. Sinawar! Sinawar! Yeah, you took all of ours, Branch. Rob Drake. Okay. Fucking yeah, Sim yeah, Al or umpire. We won't get poli- yeah. we won't get political, yeah. but just search to see what Rob Drake did this week, and you'll understand why he's the he's one of the nominees. Hey, Coop, Coop, uh, yeah, okay. Coop, Coop. I I actually have one though. So Ryan, fuck you. Yeah, Ryan, go fuck yourself. Uh, burn me. Yeah, fuck you, Ryan. <laughs> Quit trucking off in your car, Ryan. Uh, my quote of the week, just just for more votes, is Jarvis Landry. For coming out and saying the Browns are going to beat the Patriots this weekend. Oh, that was he awful. guaranteed it today. So, just to have a little diversity in the voting, because it's a pretty obvious choice. Let's just throw Jarvis Landry in there because he's a fucking moron. So, let's go to Ryan. Uh, who is your Cornhog of the Week? Uh, yeah. uh, Michael Taubman. Michael Taubman Brandon, from the Astros. Yeah. Brandon Taubman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, was it Brandon or that was Michael? Right, let's try that again. Is it Brandon or Michael? Probably. Try Google. <laughs> Oops. All right. Uh, Ken, your Cornhog of the Week. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off the books because Branch took the object. Um, Rob Palenka. The Lakers are a fucking train wreck. I don't follow the NBA that, that much, but the Lakers have – Infinite money, infinite resources, and, and infinite attractiveness to talent. They have Anthony Davis, and they have LeBron James, and they can't do shit. Well, mine was going to be Rob Drake, too, so those will be our nominees. So after you listen to the podcast, go to the Twitter account for Hunt Fred's October and vote for your Cornhog of the Week, and they will get the special uh, trophy tweeted to them if they have a Twitter account which Rob Drake doesn't have one anymore, so if he wins, we'll just have to send it to the uh, Major League Baseball Umpires Union. So that'll about wrap up this edition of the podcast. We'll go around here and have everyone give their final thoughts, and let's start with you, Burmy. Give us your final thoughts. My final thoughts, it's been a wild night of sports. It's been a wild World Series so far. I don't think anybody besides Haggai, shout out to Haggai. Shout out to Haggai. Uh, you know, great guy. That uh, you know, that the Nats might be up two nothing going back to uh to the nation's capital. It's pretty crazy. So yeah, you know, that's just my uh, my final thought. Is this has been a wildly entertaining World Series so far. Branch, give us your final thoughts. And to pretty much piggyback on what Bjorn said there, uh, yeah, this this World Series has been fantastic so far. A lot of it's been about uh, the pitching matchups, and but if you're a baseball fan, you need to be watching Juan Soto and Jose Altuve bat. It has been just amazing it's been fantastic it's you know every one of their at bats so far have, none of them's been easy none of them have been been like oh that's just like how that does it i mean hell I'll like sits there and goes against verlander last night and is it, you're just watching and you're like okay who's gonna win this battle and all of a sudden he just rails a freaking double to left field and it's just like Oh, my God. How did he know that pitch was coming? I mean, you just got to watch this stuff. These are these are some amazing athletes that are amazing at the craft, doing some amazing stuff. 
just just take it in and enjoy it. I, I know I have been. I hope everybody else is too. Ken, give us your final thoughts. You went with Brooks Keith, but shout out to obscure former Reds, um, John Reedling, Alan Simpson, Joe Mays, John Moscott, and Tim Adelin, who also wore number 46, um, who could have been um, adequate choices for this episode. Um, this is this has been the most exciting postseason that I've seen in in years. Um, the Nationals and the Astros prove that you need elite starting pitching to make the, to make the World Series. Um, Strasburg, Sanchez, Verlander, Cole, um, Scherzer, um, Corbin. That's how you make the World Series. And the Reds are en route to that with um, Castillo, Gray, and if Bauer can return to form. Um, I might be carrying water, but um, get the hitting and the Reds can be vastly improved next year. Um, I'm really excited for this World Series. I'm quasi-rooting for the Nats, although I just prefer a, a Game 7 with with Cole and Verlander. Ryan, your final <laughs> thoughts. Well, like I said on Twitter last night, uh, I love that everyone is finally seeing uh, how great of a player Soto is, but I've been there since day one. So I'm I'm loving this World Series. It's fantastic. Loving that the Nationals are coming out. Number one, they are, like, full of nothing but dads, which is amazing. Like, other than Soto and Robles and Trey Turner, every one of those guys is, like, every other middle-aged dad that we all know and love. Um, I'm hoping that they can take the next two games over the Disastros and seal the deal for Washington, D.C. So, for my final <laughs> thoughts, World Series is two games old. If the Nationals sweep in four games, then that means we're closer to free agency and closer to the hot fucking stove on this podcast. And the hot fucking stove is the best offseason topic. So I'm excited. Hot fucking stove! I'm excited for some free agency, some trades, because as much as I've liked the postseason and I'm enjoying the World Series, this is a Reds podcast. We need to we need to have some topics for the Reds other than hiring hitting coaches and them peeping at meat. So for Branch and Burmy and Ken and Ryan, this is Coop saying we will talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio.